Hi there, and thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, Keeping Warm on Cork's New Outdoor Street Seating. How COVID has helped healthcare innovation, and never mind what's on the middle aisle, Lidl has started doing deliveries on Leaside. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Some of the superheroes of the COVID crisis emerged from an unlikely place, and that was the supermarket trades. They stayed open despite all the challenges the COVID-19 threw at them, and more importantly, they got better at some things, improved others, and moved in different directions. Conor Nagel of Lidl.ie, how are you? Very good, Jonathan. How are you keeping? I'm good. It was presumably a mad couple of months at the start as you were trying to come to grips with the expectation of the consumer that everything was going to run out and you had to reassure them that, no, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think back in March, uh, kind of the whole announcement from the government, which set things off, took everybody by a little bit of surprise. But we knew things were coming as well um, to some regards. Um, we, we obviously have colleagues over in, in other countries that have been experiencing things ahead of ahead of us. So we knew what to prepare for and what was coming down the line. Uh, but absolutely, it's been a crazy, crazy number of months, probably the busiest that that we've seen uh, any time that I've seen as well in the grocery market. Um, but I think we've come through it very, very well. Um, we've got really dedicated staff and, and positive staff that have taken this challenge on. And uh, I think we've come through it uh, pretty well at this stage. Yeah, well, you've now decided to do home delivery for the first time in Cork. Buyme.ie is is the partner that you've gone in with. What exactly are you offering and can you get the chainsaw from the middle aisle? That's what I want to know. Yeah, Buyme is something that we've been, uh, we launched last year in in Dublin and we did a phased kind of rollout there. And based on the success of Buyme up there, we have decided to expand it into Cork. Um, and it's basically what it is. It's an offering. It's an app that you download on your phone and you can basically download download the app and um, essentially get the home delivery of a full shop to your door within an hour. Um, it's something that we feel that really complements our existing uh, 202 stores uh, around the country. Um, and it's something that you know will expand hopefully then um, alongside our, our bricks and mortar offering that we have at the moment. Um, when you have that traditional bricks and mortar offering, people like going to Lidl. And one of the experiences you have is that the store offers up all sorts of strange things that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. be expecting. Is that um, being met online, do you think? Uh, you know, even finding some of the stranger foods that are on special offer, can you find them on this new app? Of course, well, what we can do with, with Buy Me is absolutely offer a full shop uh, um, for our customers. So that's something that some of our competitors um through even the delivery service, wouldn't be able to achieve with restricted offerings there. You know, there is an element of practicality when we talk to about home delivery, which is, um, you know, the practicality if someone wants to take one of our special, like a barbecue home, you know, the practicality of getting that delivered through this service um, wouldn't be realistic. However, we do have a full shop offering with the rest of our range that uh, we feel that will meet all of the customer's um, requirements through this home delivery mm-hmm. service. And you have a lot of stores in Cork. Is it operating out of every one of them? It isn't at the moment. Uh, yeah, we have two, uh, 22 stores then throughout the county of Cork. Um, the initial phase here is focusing on um, uh, the population within Cork City. So we're operating out of six stores being Ballyvalan, Ballyvalan, Glanmire, Wilton, Churchfield and Toker. Um, and that's the kind of how they would operate. The, the people that you would order from would go and buy the, the stock from those stores. But we're 
we're up to about uh, coverage around 100,000 people within the city of Cork. So it's quite a, a large range um, that we would be able to deliver to. And obviously, we'll look at, at how that expands and the success of, of that um, of this first phase mm-hmm. uh, to expand that further. Well, did COVID kind of increase and maybe expedite this? Because you, you weren't doing it. It was something that others did uh, to a limited degree and all of a sudden it became very popular. Did COVID force your hand on this one, Connor? It, it didn't, no. Um, it is something, as I said, we trialled up in Dublin um, last year and had seen that that was very, very successful prior to, to COVID happening. Uh, we feel that there was always a, an element of us moving into this. However, at the same time, you know, online retail in this regard for grocery is only about 3% of the market. So it's, it's never going to replace our, as I said, bricks and mortar and the offering that we have um, in, in our stores. But we wanted to look at other avenues and how we can bring you know, the mm. best quality product at the best price to our customers. And this is an added convenience that we feel that we're able to bring to, to our customers and also win over new customers uh, from other, uh, other competitors that may have wanted to uh, get to a Lidl or, or shop in Lidl, but you know, out of convenience or, or even down through COVID restrictions, uh, haven't been able to do so. Uh, of course, uh, you just managed one crisis successfully, and boy, what a, what a crisis COVID was. And then another one comes along in the form of Brexit. Now, um, is Brexit going to be the perfect storm for retail that, that some are saying that it's going to be, given that we are just about dealing with COVID now? And if there's going to be delays or whatever coming through on deliveries from the UK, could that impact the stock on your shelves early in the new year? In short, Jonathan, no. Um, you know, we're very, very confident that we've done our homework on, on Brexit. Um, it's obviously, there's quite a lot of uncertainty still as to what exactly will happen. However, we've had a, teams in place over the last couple of years looking at any different kind of scenario that might uh, come to play. Uh, and we've got strong relationships with all of our suppliers uh, internationally. And, you know, we've done our homework. We're confident that there won't be any uh, any effect to the stock on our shelves. And just remember okay. as well, the, you know, we have huge amounts of, uh, of suppliers from Ireland, uh, over 250 of them. So, um, you know, all of our fresh product with regards to our meat and poultry and everything is supplied in Ireland. So uh, none of that will be affected. OK, so, so we, don't need, we don't need to start stockpiling bog roll at Christmas then. Ab- so ab- we can just keep shopping as normal, yeah? Absolutely not, yeah. No, we're confident <laughs> that we'll have, we'll have the, the customer satisfaction um, will be will be maintained then throughout okay. anything that comes. Well, again, that's a positive, Connor. We'll take that in the spirit in which it's given. Um, you mentioned, I think, 22 stores uh, across County Cork, which is a pretty impressive number, but you're not stopping there because I think you've just lodged planning permission for your latest one. We have, yeah. We've just lodged a, a new um, planning application in, in Blarney Village, um, something that, an area that we've been looking at for a, a long time, you know, to give a, a bit more additional choice for the, uh, the people living in that community. Um, we've just lodged two weeks ago, so um, we were waiting on a positive decision from the uh, City Council, uh, Cork City Council, later in October. You know, there's been a lot of liaising with Cork City Council, and we feel that we've come up with a, a very strong design that that um, that will also complement, I suppose, the the heritage in the town as well, and sensitive to the location close to uh, to Blarney Castle as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to a positive result there from uh, Cork City Council. Okay, very good. Well, it's all go. So how do people access the online shopping product again? It's buyme.ie, is it? Yeah, buyme.ie. So you can just go onto any of the apps at the moment that we are, sorry, the app uh, store and, and look at buyme um, as well. You can download that. And that obviously, the 
as you can see with Buy Me, it's it's one of the one of the innovative areas that we've looked into recently. So what we also have launched quite recently, which I think many people in 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 Cork would have seen, is the new Lidl Plus app, which has gone live um, at the same time. So that is also another offering that we have. If you go onto the App Store and look at uh, uh, for Lidl Plus, it's um it's another online avenue where people can go and avail of some more discounts uh, for shopping at Lidl, which is a uh, just to show our expansion into kind of innovating things with Lidl, but also keeping things quite simple for the customer. Connor Nagel of Lidl Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us, Connor. Thank you, Jonathan. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. We talked a lot in the last few weeks about how restaurants have been going above and beyond to do what they can to stay open and to entice customers back so that they feel safe during the ongoing pandemic. Well, the good news is... Cork City Council, through the local enterprise office, is now providing extra funding to keep that going as it gets a little colder and less enjoyable, let's put it that way, in terms of the weather outdoors in the months ahead. Aaron O'Brien is the City Centre Coordinator with Cork City Council. Aaron, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Jonathan. And what are the real standouts in the last couple of months has been the resilience of these restaurant owners who are putting seats out and reinventing the streetscape in front of our eyes. I mean, the city has never looked better despite the crisis that is going on. You're right. They've had to deal with so much um, just, you know, high operating costs already and higher now with all the safety measures, adjusting to hygiene, physical layouts reservations, time schedules, all that. And on top of that, they've been working on these new innovative outdoor seating arrangements. So it's it's good to hear the positive feedback from you. So tell us a little bit about this new scheme, this new grant uh, that they will be able to apply for that will keep this going during the winter months when COVID is still with us. Yeah, so the grant is available to any businesses who currently hold an outdoor um, street furniture licence or for those that may just be reopening with the pubs right now and haven't had one previously, those who apply for it by the end of September. And the fund will essentially help the traders to provide, you know, um, a more comfortable environment in, for the upcoming winter. Um, it's part of our reimagining program for the city. And we are offering money that will help with things like coverings, um, shelters, heaters, things that will create a more comfortable environment for people to sit outdoors through the winter. I mean, we're really talking about infrastructure here, aren't we? Something that will keep the rain off, keep the cold away. Um, and and it's something that these businesses will have to invest in if they want to keep this outdoor seating sat upon. Well, Jonathan, I suppose from talking to the businesses in our view as well is to, to ensure that they're comfortable um, in the colder months to come and you've probably heard a lot of talk and there are a lot of interesting ideas going around about roofs and, and covering over entire streets but that's a very complex and expensive process that would take some time to to look at and figure out this is a quick instant solution on our part that can get the traders um, continue to support trading right now and get things out on the street immediately we're talking about things you know like parasols and heaters things that can be okay. quickly put out on the street is there any kind of specifications on this as well? Uh, because I'd imagine you don't want a whole load of street clutter coming up. Does, does it have to remain within certain guidelines or if it's within the area that you have your outdoor seating, have at it? 
Um, it's a mix of both. It is within within the area that you know is licensed for outdoor seating, but there are specifications that are attached to the application form to guide people in purchasing things. There's a lot of things to consider. There's fire safety requirements. There's um, street design principles. There's a good bit, um, but there's guidance attached to the application form to help people through it. One of the things that has emerged as well, Erin, is that the local authority um, was no longer seen as the enemy of the street trade um, because there there was a lot of animosity about you know how much it was going to cost to put out a chair. Now that we've got chairs everywhere, we were realising, well, we should have done this an awful lot sooner. This is probably going to help uh, with that relationship between the local authority and the traders that it's uh, it, you're, you're both pushing in the same direction as opposed to pulling each other apart. Absolutely, Jonathan. And, and I suppose one of the things with that in the past, street furniture licensing application fees are actually set at the national level. So we've looked at this in the past, but it's um, not something that's fully within our, our control. Um, well, I suppose we're, we're doing it now. So it's a change in, in how we're doing business. All right. Yeah, and it's a great opportunity as well um, to, to move forward. So what do people need to do? If you have a cafe or a bar or a restaurant in the city, and it doesn't have to be the city centre, obviously, it can be anywhere within the city boundary, um, what do people need to do? Well, uh, people, existing licence holders, will have received a letter in the post at the start of this week, and I think we're following up with an email that will send them details about the application and give them a link to the online application form. They need to read through those guidelines uh, to be sure that what they'd like to apply for um, complies with the guidelines that I was talking about with fire safety standards, etc. Fill out the very simple application form um, online, get those details back to us, and that will get them into the process. And it's not painfully complicated now. You're not telling me this form is 85 pages long, are you? No, no, we, we, we're trying to avoid painfully complicated forms as well. So I think people will find it's, it's a pretty slick form. OK, well, it's up to two grand, which is a decent chunk of cash uh, for this outdoor seating weatherproofing grant. All the details, I presume, are up on the Cork City Leo's website if people want to search for that and find it there. Aaron O'Brien, City Centre Coordinator with Cork City Council. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thank you, Jonathan. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, what has the impact been of COVID-19 on things like product development and innovation in healthcare? Healthcare hasn't exactly been swift to embrace new ideas. It used to be something that was a very slow, laborious process and a lot of smaller suppliers would have felt squeezed out of that. A lot has changed in the last few months and to tell us just exactly what has happened, we're joined by Dr Tanya Mulcahy, who is the National Manager for the Health Innovation Hub Ireland, which is based at UCC. Tanya, how are you? How are you, Jonathan? Good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you as well. Tell us a little bit about how COVID affected some of the companies that are part of that hub. Okay, so I might just give you a little bit of a background. The Health Innovation Hub is focused on working on innovation specifically in the healthcare system. And as we know, our healthcare system is fantastic, but it's very much based on the staff and the people that work in that system. And in Ireland, we're a little bit behind on on adopting innovations. But what's happened with COVID is that both people in the community came up with lots of different ideas. And also it made our healthcare system use those ideas and new technologies for the betterment of patients and the healthcare system in general. Mm. What I will say about the healthcare system in Ireland is, by God, were they slow to change. Technology was not embraced uh, for the most part. They were the only sector 
keeping the fax machine industry in business for a long time. Has COVID-19 finally shaken them out of that slumber? Absolutely. So what's happened with COVID-19 is that we've had to actually take on technology that brings us away from paper-based solutions. So, for example, um, people visiting hospitals now are using uh, checking in online with a system called Yellow Schedule. They're uh, identifying who they're going to visit and it's going to be used for contact tracing. This never happened before. So it's a really good solution. Another example might be that uh, people have to now have their appointments at home using digital technology. It wasn't something that was embraced before, but now we're actually using that. And Irish companies are producing the databases and systems behind that, which is a really good story. I mean, this level of innovation was always there. Did it take the crisis to bring out the best in it? Um, I suppose one thing is that we found um, the day COVID hit and everybody had to go home from their offices, where most people were at home thinking, what am I going to do for the next few months? We were inundated with people calling us with ideas and solutions. And what we ended up having to do was set up a portal online where people would submit their ideas. Our role then was to look at those and triage them. And what I mean by that is make sure that the idea was sound. Some of them were absolutely crazy, but some of them are really, really valuable to the immediate needs that COVID brought. What we did is we looked to see what need it would address. And then we sent the technologies to the HSE who, for in this occasion, were willing to embrace them and use them. So an example, another one would be Willola is a platform that allows um healthcare professionals deliver counselling and mental health services to people at home. This is something that was lost during COVID because face-to-face appointments couldn't happen. I mean, did we did we kind of temporarily forget uh, that the maxim within the health service is you have to talk it to death before it becomes reality <laughs> and action became the goal uh, as opposed to let's have a chat about it and then a meeting and then let's follow it up by another meeting then we'll send it to John to see what John thinks. You are absolutely right. But I think the thing that was behind that really was that for an innovation to be good and to be used, there has to be a need. And COVID gave us a need. So rather than talking about, is this really a need? Do we need something like this now? Or is there something else as a priority? What COVID did is made the people in the healthcare system set, sit up, say, we have to have a solution to implement right now for a need that we have right now. And it allowed us to embrace new technologies to, li- to deliver that. And that's really going to make us move into the next generation of new products within the mm. healthcare system. How do we how do we keep it going, Tanya? How do we make sure we don't fall back into what we did before? Because this is this is how business works, as opposed to healthcare. Now, you you can't run a hospital like you'd run an office block, but there is good stuff in the office block that would work well in the hospital. But they were just slow to to bring it in. Yeah, well, our role, I suppose, um, we're headquartered in Cork, but as a national entity. We have um, a role in identifying what the healthcare system needs uh, immediately and in the long term. And then our, the, on the other side of that, our role is to work with companies to make sure that their products address those needs. So any good innovation uh, will be successful if there's a real need out there for it. And our role is to make sure that we match the two for our Irish healthcare system. And then when we have a really good product that matches a really good need, we'll bring it into the healthcare system, test it validate it, and then bring it to the people who make the decisions rapidly, hopefully, uh, within the healthcare system. The benefit ultimately is patients, frontline staff, but also the economy. Another great uh, example that you guys have uh, highlighted is is that of Benson's Workwear. Now, I think they're based down a little island. Uh, What did they do that was so useful at a time when everybody was panicking? 
Yeah, so I suppose the, the thing about Benson's, I never knew about them before. You know, they were a company that were, were uh, make manufacturing workwear for a wide variety of uses. Um, they came to us through the COVID portal that we had online. Um, what happened was, while the rest of the country was waiting for those airplanes to come in from China, uh, the hospitals in the Cork region contacted us and said, we really have a low supply of PPE. Is there any way you can help us? And it was sort of a match made in heaven. We connected them with Benson's. Benson supplied the product immediately. And that was a need that was solved by a local company. And, and is it the case that sometimes we overlooked a lot of local companies and a lot of local innovators because of a complicated system that they felt they couldn't get into? And, and, and is that one of the key takeaways? Yeah, one of the things I think with a, a national healthcare system like we have is that you need um, well-established companies with good cash flow and uh, good resources to deliver. Um, and some of the smaller companies get overlooked, but that's where we come in as a health innovation hub. We test and pilot products in the Irish healthcare system so that when they go to bid for uh, through a procurement process, they hopefully can be extremely competitive and win those bids. Okay, well, it, it, people will uh, no doubt hear more about the Health Innovation Hub Ireland as as we move on. And here's hoping a lot of what's been learnt won't be forgotten, which is the big challenge as we move through the phases here. Dr. Tanya Mulcahy uh, of the Health Innovation Hub Ireland, thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you, Jonathan. My thanks, as always, to all of my guests. Don't forget, every episode of Red Business is available on redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff is the producer, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork 